Good morning. My name is Steve Van Cura with Bread of Life Bible Study. Our website is breadoflifebiblestudy.org. Uh, this is a Q&A program about 30 minutes long. Uh, this particular topic today is Jesus or Yahshua in the Old Testament. Uh, most people would be surprised if I were to say Jesus can be found all over the place in the Old Testament. Of course, he's a New Testament character uh, introduced in the Gospels as the Son of God. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, is what John the Baptist said. And most of us um, think that Jesus really is never mentioned or uh, in the Old Testament, but uh, in speaking to the Jews and the Pharisees, Jesus said, You search the Scriptures, thinking that in them you will find life, but these are they that speak of me. Now, of course, at the time, the Scriptures, when he talks about that, it is the Old Testament. So, in other words, he was saying the whole Old Testament is just about him. All right, let's bow our hearts and our heads to begin with prayer. Uh, Father God, I just thank you for your word. Uh, your word is a living word. The word is God, Father. And it's alive, Father. Just I ask you to water the word, uh, empower it, open it up, illuminate it uh, by the Holy Spirit, Lord, and plant it in our hearts like seed, Father, that it can grow and change us into your likeness, Lord. I just thank you, Father. We anchor our lives and hearts and our eternity on the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, go to the website. There is a handout, uh, which you'll find very, very helpful. The name of the handout is Yahshua, or Jesus, in the Old Testament. Okay, so let's, um, uh, we'll begin with a little story about Moses. He went to Mount Sinai, remember, after he left Egypt. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, he left Egypt after he had murdered an Egyptian uh, man, and uh, it was discovered, and they were trying to catch him. Of course, Moses grew up in Pharaoh's family and was schooled in uh, the Egyptian habits and education and all this thing, uh, but uh, then he fled to a, a desert area called Midian. Midian. Uh, this is where he met his wife and got married and uh, uh, served as a shepherd, in, uh, in that area. And, uh, but one day he was wandering around in the mountains with his animals and uh, he saw a strange sight. It was a bush, a bush up on the mountainside that was on fire. And uh, so he went up there and, and this um, bush was on fire and the bush actually represented God, okay? And God calls himself a consuming fire. And so uh, this uh, God spoke to Moses uh, out of that burning bush and gave him a commission to go back into Egypt and to uh, present himself to Pharaoh and say, let my people go, let my people go. Uh, that story is in Exodus chapter 3. You might want to go read that. But when uh, God told Moses uh, to go into Egypt and to tell the people that he was there to set him free from Pharaoh, uh, that it was in the prophecy that God would 
send somebody to set them free, uh, Moses asked a question. He said, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And then God said to Moses, I am who I am. The Hebrew there is Yahweh, Yahweh, or we don't know for sure how to pronounce it, but some people say it's Yahuwah. And, and then um, God said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Okay, So God's name is Yahweh, which in Hebrew is, uh, means I am that I am. It's a strange uh, common, or I'll say a, a strange tense of the Hebrew, which means that I always have been, I am, and I will be. Uh, uh, it's kind of like I'm an eternal I am, I'm always I am. Okay, so just, just an unusual way of saying this. Um, now, uh, there is also in the book of Proverbs a very interesting uh, riddle, a riddle. You know what a riddle is, okay? It asks a question that's a little tough to try to figure out the answer to, okay? But in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4, the text asks a question. Who has ascended into heaven and descended? Who has gathered the wind in his hands? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is the name of his son, if you know it? Now, that's kind of a strange riddle, okay? Here we in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, and um, uh, this is God, this is the Lord, this is Yahweh, okay? The I Am, and he's asking a question, okay? And he says, who has ascended into heaven? And on and on. And he basically describes the whole creation process. So, um, and we've already been told the name when God told Moses, this is my name and it will be my name forever. And that, of course, is Yahweh, Yahweh. So we know part of the answer to this question, what is his name? Uh, that's going to be Yahweh. Because okay, he is the creator, creator. All right. Now, then the next question is, what is his son's name if you know it? Now that question is a little tougher to answer. All right. And but if we're familiar enough with the scriptures, uh, I would say anybody who is a Christian uh, got the Holy Spirit in them, ponders on this. Uh, it's fairly easy to figure out. Okay. Now, we're taught that there is only one begotten Son of the Father. We don't seem clearly until we get to the New Testament, the Gospels, all right? And remember when Mary, uh, Mary was told by an angel Gabriel that you are going to have a baby, all right? And that uh, uh, he shall be called the Prince of Peace. Uh, he shall be called... Um, Emmanuel, the Everlasting Father, uh, he will serve or sit on the throne or seat of his father David, and is of his kingdom there shall be no end. Okay, now uh, 
this is the Messiah. This is the Messiah, okay, that was described in the Old Testament. And that is the Son. That's the Son. That's what Mary was told. He shall be called the Son of God. He shall be called the Son of God. So Mary, of course, knew enough about the birds and the bees. And, uh, so she was a virgin. And so she asked uh, the angel a question. Well, how is this going to be that I'm going to have a baby uh, because I've known not a man? In other words, she was saying, nobody's ever planted a seed in me. And I know how, you know, babies work. You have to have a father and a mother. And uh, the seed has to be planted in the woman uh, for there to be a baby. And so the angel Gabriel explains to her. Now, you have to understand the angel Gabriel brought uh, a prophecy uh, which says, you are going to have a baby. And he'd be the son of the Most High, uh, the Prince of Peace, um, Emmanuel, God with us, on and on. And so, uh, and that, of course, was a word from the Father, all right? Um, and so Mary said, may it be unto me according to thy word. Now, one of the principles in Scripture is God's word is a seed, so in other words, um, uh, Angel Gabriel was saying, this word that I'm giving you, this is the word of God. And we have to understand that th that word is a seed. And in the parable of the sower, the sower is the son of man, the seed is the word of God, and the soil it goes into are the hearts of men. So when Mary received and accepted the word of God, which is a seed, then Angel Gabriel says, now the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and conceive in you the Son of God. All right. So now we could put things together here. And one of the things that the Angel Gabriel said, you shall call him Yahshua, Yahshua, because he shall save his people from their sins. All right, now let's, let's break this down. Remember the Old Testament, the Old Testament name of God is Yahweh. Yahweh, I am that I am, all right? And uh, Yah is a shortened form of Yahweh. Now, so uh, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, this baby that's going to be the son of God, all right, you shall call him Yahshua. All right. Now notice that Yahshua it is contains Yah. And remember, I said that the that the word Yah is the shortened form of Yahweh. All right. So uh, Jesus' name is Yahshua. All right. Now what that that's a combination. It means Yahweh is our Savior or salvation. All right. So uh, when the angel Gabriel said, you shall call his name Yahshua, basically the word in Hebrew means Yahweh is our Savior or our salvation. All right. So, um, uh, so now we can go back to that uh, riddle. All right. What is his name, the creator's name, and what is his son's name, if you know? So by putting all these things together, God's name, that's his name, is Yahweh, all right? I am that I am. And his son's name is Yahshua, 
Yahshua, which means Yah or Yahweh is our salvation. All right. So now you know the answer to the riddle. Okay. Um, now if we that word Yahshua, Yahshua is actually a Hebrew uh, name. It, it, in uh, we call him Jesus, but that's Greek. Greek. Uh, in the Greek, uh, what we call Jesus, the Greek word is Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Um, but uh, Yahweh, or I'm sorry, Yahshua is the Hebrew name of Jesus. The Hebrew name. All right. So if we go back to the Old Testament, and you may know what a Strong's Concordance is. Strong's Concordance. A concordance takes every single word uh, from the Bible and kind of organizes it and categorizes it so that you can uh, look up any verse that has that particular Hebrew or Aramaic, uh, just mostly Hebrew, uh, 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 you know, word in it. Okay, so if you go look up Yahshua in the Old Testament, the um, it turns out that the uh, uh, Strong's number, because all of the words in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, they all have what are called Strong's numbers. Okay, uh, so if you go look up Yahshua uh, in the Strong's Concordance, you'll find out that it's Strong's number 3444. 3444. All right, now it's very interesting. If you go through the whole Old Testament, and search out all the scriptures that use that word, okay, Yahweh, uh, then uh, it's very interesting that it's nowhere, uh, the word is Yahshua, Yahshua, or Yeshua, okay? But um, in a sense, it's, it's, a, uh, a, it's used as a word there, not as a name. It's used as a word. And of course, remember I said, uh, that the angel Gabriel said to Mary, you shall call his name Yahshua because he shall save his people from their sins. All right. Now, it turns out that the word Yahshua, like I said, when it's used not as a name, but just a word, it has several meanings and, and is often translated in the Bible in different ways. Okay. Sometimes it's translated uh, uh, salvation. Sometimes it's translated help. Sometimes it's translated deliverance, sometimes health, uh, sometimes saving, sometimes uh, welfare, sometimes prosperity, and sometimes victory. Okay, So that same word in different contexts can be translated in a lot of different ways. But basically uh, what the word does is represent uh, the, plant, the purposes um, and function of Christ, who comes later on, born of the Virgin Mary. All right, he comes to bring salvation, restoration, uh, healing, deliverance, welfare, prosperity, and all these things. Okay, so uh, and so I'm going to read a few scriptures here that just have this word Yahshua, Yahshua in there, and we can kind of see what I'm talking about. Okay, now in Genesis 49:18, all right, it's uh, this. Uh, there's a scripture that says, "I have waited for your salvation, O Lord." All right, now when you see L O R D all in capital letters in the Old Testament, uh, that always uh, 
corresponds to the Hebrew word Yahweh, Yahweh. Now this is kind of strange. Uh, God's name is Yahweh. Okay, we've already talked about that. Uh, that's a name. But uh, you never find the word Yahweh in the English in the Old Testament because Yah every time the word Yahweh is there, they just change it and put Lord, Lord, L-O-R-D, capital letters, okay? Now, why do they do that? Um, well, because of this. There's a fourth commandment says, Thou shalt not take the name, I think it's the fourth commandment, Thou shalt not the, take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So, uh, you know, the Jewish peoples uh, were wanted to be very careful they didn't take the name of the Lord their God in vain. So they kind of adopted this habit, well, gee, if I never say the name Yahweh, then I certainly can't be accused of taking it in vain. So, uh, And they considered uh, the name Yahweh as ineffable. In other words, it's so holy you shouldn't even say it out loud. So they uh, actually began the practice of simply calling it the name, the name, okay? Uh, Hebrew uh, statement or uh, words that mean the name is Hashem, Hashem, okay? It just means the name. So the Hebrew people would always, instead of saying Yahweh, which they didn't want to say because they thought it was too holy uh, to speak out loud, uh, they would just say Hashem, which means the name. So when they said the name, everybody knew they were talking about Yahweh, but without actually saying the word. Now what's interesting is that only one time a year did anybody actually speak Yahweh's name out loud in ancient Israel. And that was on the Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, which is in the fall when the high priest would go in to the temple tabernacle and he'd go into the holy of holies that's the innermost compartment of the tabernacle you know and he would present the blood sacrifice the blood uh, of a sacrificed bull i believe and uh, bring it to the ark of the covenant put it on the mercy seat and he would then uh, invoke the name yahweh okay and he would say it out loud in there, but uh, that was the only time, the only time in all the uh, in a whole year that uh, anybody in Israel was supposed to say the name Yahweh. Okay, again, because it, it was considered too holy to to just for the common person to say it out loud. Okay, so and we kind of got the same habit later on when the Bible was translated uh, instead of writing down his name, just like it's there in the Hebrew, they, they um, just put Lord, L-O-R-D, capital letters. And um, we have to understand that every time you see L-O-R-D all in capital letters, that uh, underneath, if you were to look at the Hebrew, it would say Yahweh, Yahweh. That's God's name, the I am. Okay. So um, anyway, uh, that, so God's name uh, is Yahweh. All right. Now he is Lord. Uh, now, just to kind of illustrate that, there's a difference between a name and a position. A name and a position. And I'll illustrate that a little bit. When I was in the army many years ago, um, I got we got a new commander uh, um, for the 
uh, group or uh, you know of soldiers that I was with uh, got a brand new commander and uh, there was a group of us sitting around talking and I asked a question you know uh, well what is the commander's name you know and I, I would wanted to know well what's his first name okay and uh, one of the soldiers turned and looked at me and said Van Cura his name is Colonel and I got the message. The, the message was, you know, you're an underling. Uh, you're not the colonel's buddy, so you don't call him by his first name, okay? You, you call him colonel, all right, because that's his position, all right? So now here's what's interesting. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, Yahweh uh, only reveals his name to those that are in covenant with him. The people that are not in covenant with him, that are not his people, they do not have the right to use his name. All right. So when Jesus in the New Testament, of course, when he rose from the dead and he gave authority to the, to the uh, disciples, he said, behold, uh, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And he said, the things that I do shall you do also. He gave him a great commission. He said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All right. And he said, do everything in my name. All right. So if you go to the book of Acts, you begin to see that, you know, when, when the disciples would baptize somebody, they would baptize them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or if they cast out demons, they would cast out in the name of Jesus, all right? Uh, because they were in covenant with God through Christ, all right? So they had the authority, in a sense, to have power of attorney to use Jesus' name. And in the spirit world, remember, the name of Jesus is above every name. Okay, and God the Father, because Jesus has paid for the sins of mankind, has exalted Jesus, you know, and his name above every other name. So that the name, at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. That's all of, of beings in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So it's, it's a name that represents the authority of Almighty God. And so when we use that name, that word, uh, literally the whole creation must bow to the authority, the power uh, of the name of Christ, all right? And so uh, you and I are privileged to be able to participate and use the family name. Uh, if you think about it for a second, how do you get into a family, okay? Uh, we get into family by birth or by marriage, all right, or adoption, all right, let me explain how this works. Everything in the natural always has a corresponding spiritual meaning. So the way you got into this earth and into your family on this earth is you were born there, okay? Uh, the other way to get into a family is to be adopted, and another way is to get into a family by marriage. Well, here's what's interesting. Uh, of course, we have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, what's interesting is we are born of the Spirit into the kingdom of God. We are betrothed in marriage to the Lamb of God, 
who is Jesus, all right? And uh, at the last trumpet, when this is all said and done, the Bible says we will be adopted, which represents the salvation of the body. All right, so in all three ways, we enter, can enter into a human family, but also in all three ways, we enter into the family of God. All right, now you, we all know that once you get into the family, you can use the family name. I often joke about when I got married, my wife figured out that she could use my name and sign it on the checkbook, okay? That uh, she now was in the family, so everything that I have was hers, everything she has is mine. And that's the nature of a covenant, okay? The two become one. And so when we're born into the family of God, we literally become one with the Father through the Son, so that everything God has is ours. Everything that is ours is God's. This is the nature of a covenant. It's an exchange. Uh, this is, I have a sinful life, but Jesus has a perfect life. Sinless, you might say. But when he takes on my sinful life in exchange, I get his sinless, righteous life, all right? And I have a mortal body that is going to end in death, all right? But in this covenant, I give him my mortal body, which is doomed to eventual death, and in exchange, he gives me his life, which is eternal. Now, there's much more to this story. But basically, uh, this now explains the relationship between uh, Yahweh and Yahshua, uh, that literally, those two names are a combination. Uh, like we said, Yahshua uh, has the name Yah in it, which is a shortened form of Yahweh, and combines it with Shua, which means salvation. Uh, uh, okay, so uh, Yahshua means Yahweh saves. Okay, well, spend some time reading the handout. Go find it on the website there. And I'm going to say a prayer to close us and spend some time reading the Word. It is so important to fill yourself with the Word of God. I mean, it will absolutely transform your life. Uh, be doers of the Word. You pray it, believe it, tell it, receive it, on and on and on. So let's bow our hearts and our heads. Father God, I thank you for your Word, the living, living Word. The Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. The Bible says it uh, uh, divides asunder soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and can discern the thoughts and intents of the heart, Father. God looks on the heart. Father, by your Word, I ask you to plant it in my heart. Change, change my life, Lord, down on the inside so that I can live a righteous life on the outside. I do not want to be a hypocrite. I can't try to be something on the outside that's not true of the inside. That's a terrible thing to, for me. I'm, I've tried to do that before. Tried to look good on the outside, but yet my heart was still corrupt. But your promise, Lord, is to give us a new heart, to take away the heart of stone and give us a new heart and put your spirit in us to change us to motivate us and to move us and empower us to obey your commandments. 
Father, we just ask you these things. Bless, bless everyone who hears your word in these videos. In Jesus' name, amen.